good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show, coming to you direct and live. All right. Here we go. Hour number two of the show, Off and Running with You. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Y'all can text, call, and comment. Comment on the Murray West live thread if you're on the live stream there, Facebook or YouTube. Hey to y'all. Just type in a comment, post it, and it pops up right there on the thread. Presented by Murray West and on Instagram at Murray West Official. Look them up right there. Contract embroidery and custom apparel from right here in Mississippi. Great company. You can also text me, 885-3776. Got it? Listen up. Jot it down or commit it to memory. 885-3776. A number way to rem- another way to remember it is 885-ESPN. And... You can call the show, that number to call, 995-1059. Got it? 601 number, 995-1059. Rooster called us a little while ago on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. You're Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact. It means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else right here at home at Divinity. Again, the number to call, 995-1059. Rebel Rex texted the show, and he predicted Texas to beat Alabama 41-17. to now, now, there would be something to look up right there. When is the last time some of you statisticians out there that know how to Google this stuff, you know, maybe there's some real sickos out there who've, who've memorized it. <laughs> When's the last time a team scored 40 points in Tuscaloosa? Right, because, what, Tennessee would have scored 40-something, but that was in Knoxville last year, correct? So who's the last team to score 40-something points against Alabama in Tuscaloosa? Um, <clears throat> Fletcher texted the show, and he said, Matt, if Rebel Rex doesn't wake up, then he's going to feel really stupid on a Saturday night. <laughs> I love it. Rex reminding us now on the country pleasing text line that uh, Alabama won 20 to 19 last year in Austin. And that, that he says, then that was after Texas had to go to the third string quarterback. And they were ahead until then and still barely won the game. Yeah. Uh, 20 to 19, the final. Who's got the best fight song, Alabama or Texas? Up first, Alabama. I got Texas on here somewhere. I'm stalling. Hang on. Okay, that's Alabama. Here's Texas. You know what? Now that I really get a taste of it, I'm not so sure that Texas isn't in. This is the eyes of Texas. I 
don't know. I kind of like Yay Alabama, don't you? All right. Some people like Texas fight song better. Okay, some people like Texas better. In fact, uh, on the Murray West live thread, Lewis went with Texas. He likes the. I kind of like the Yay Alabama better. Yeah, I kind of like that one better. Now, only thirty-five-year-old Ed on the country pleasing text line in regards to who's got the better fight song text in and said that they both suck. <laughs> okay, Kyle said that. There's his hot garbage. What about when Texas does the, um, what is it called? Deep in the heart of Texas. What about that? I mean, it's got a little bit of a buildup. Okay, but every time I hear this, I can't help but think about Pee Wee's big adventure when he lost his bike. Okay, all right. It looks like uh, most people think that... Uh, They'll go with uh, they'll go with Alabama's fight song most of them. <laughs> All right, uh, so Tyga with the answer. Also, it was Will who commented on the Murray West live stream regarding the last time that someone scored forty points or more in Tuscaloosa. Tyga on the country pleasing text line in two thousand nineteen LSU beat Bama forty six forty one. Will pointed that out as well on the Murray West live stream. Last team to score 40-plus in Tuscaloosa was 2019 LSU, a team with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So listen, if Texas goes in there and does what Rebel Rex said and scores 40-something points, it's, look, it's everything is out the window <laughs> regarding a whole lot of the stuff we thought coming into the year about Georgia and Alabama. Let's just say it like it is. Especially if they go in there and score 40 and hold Alabama to 17 points, you know, minus a bunch of turnovers or something like that. Micah in Batesville, country-pleasing text line, says, Ole Miss put up 43 at Alabama in 2015. So, see, look, I bet that would be the last two. Would be Ole Miss 2015 with Chad Kelly. He's bouncing them off people's helmets and stuff. And then a few years later, Joe Burrow in 2019. I mean, is it still burned and seared in y'all's mind how locked in and automatic that LSU offense was that year with Joe Burrow? And look, that game, what was the final score? Um, who was it? Tiger pointed it out. 46-41. That game, an all-time classic, Right? You remember when uh, in that game, so Tua was playing for Alabama that day. You remember when they intentionally acted as if they were looking at the sideline knowing the ball was about to be snapped and relaxing, like, and they made it look like the center snapped it when nobody was ready, but it was on, on purpose so that the, the corner, Stingley for LSU, would look to the sideline. They caught him looking, snapped it when nobody was looking. Through a touchdown, all intentional. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And then they came back and won that game. 
Kyle says Texas is hot garbage. Now, Kyle, are you talking about the football team or the band? I have thrown a little confusion in this because I went with this whole uh, fight song thing off the top of my head. And now we get a comment like that. And I don't know if he's talking about the band being hot garbage or if he's talking about the, <laughs> the team uh, being hot garbage. Uh, Beer Slayer Texas Show and said, Matt, put the house on Alabama. My house, your house, Beaver's house. Put everybody's house on it, he says. Okay, Kyle was talking about the band is hot garbage, not Texas's football team. We, we just got confirmation of that on the country-pleasing text line. Jalapeno and cheddar, that's what I'm eating now. Got it at Kroger, Tupelo, Mississippi. Birthplace of the king. Tiger David texted the show and said, Do you think Brian Kelly just can't coach big games, Matt? Well, What are we basing it on, though? Okay, you don't have a, a huge sample size at LSU. I know he was at Notre Dame for a long time, but let's be honest. Notre Dame was not stacking up players like, you know, LSU. I'm Yeah, LSU and Alabama and, and all that. Hey, Beaver. Hey. I'm about to low-key, well, it's not really low-key since I'm talking about it uh, on the radio. I'm about to text you a number. We'll call uh, somebody here real quick. It'll be short notice, but I'll text you the number right now, okay? Okay. And I'll send that along. Yeah, but, you know, anyway, Brian Kelly, you know, let's see. And I know that loss against Florida State two years in a row in the season opener, Lost in a title game to Georgia. But, that, I mean, look, it's that Georgia team is way more loaded. And what he did last year, you say you can't win big games, Tiger David, but he beats Alabama last year with the Heisman Trophy winner and the number one overall draft pick. And he did it with a, a first-year starter at QB. I, wouldn't, I would not say that it's fair. I would not say that it's fair to – say that Brian Kelly can't win a big game. You know, just coming out of that one. That's what I would say about it. Tiger just texted the show and said, I would say that last year against Bama was a pretty big game. He did pretty good that day. I, I agree. Micah in Batesville says, he is getting to those big games. That says something. Yeah, and some of it's scheduling too, but, you know, I, I think what it is is, You have to give Brian Kelly credit for what he did last year at LSU. They also were were slightly forward-thinking of at least some of the schools out there in that they went to LSU, and before they ever played a game, they started going out and getting transfers, and they brought in some key transfers from you know, Arkansas and all that. So, yeah, I, they're going to be fine. You know, they're going to be fine. And I don't think he's a – like one of these that can't coach in big games. I don't think that. Hey, listen, short notice. If you watched the football game, Mississippi State's season opening at Selah this past week, you saw him hurt him. Uh, also, if you followed the NFL draft way back in 1998, 25 years ago, <laughs> in April of 98, you probably recognized him from that, too. He was a first-rounder out of Georgia. Matt Stinchcom, analyst on the uh, SEC Network and ESPN, and he's with us on short notice on the radio. Hey, Matt. How's it going? 
It goes so good, man. I'll tell you what, I had a big time visiting with you in the box before the game. You know, obviously a, a brave new world over there in Starkville. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it you is. Got me all, you got me all primed up for the ball game. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. Uh, somebody did tell me, hey, Matt talked about you on the radio. and then, I mean, on the, t- on the broadcast. And then, Matt, you know, anytime you hear that, you immediately think, shoot, I hope what I said was right. I hope it was accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it was. So, what yeah, were your was. takeaways? What were your takeaways watching State? Well, I mean, considering how different it is from what it was on offense, especially, um, I thought they did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Will was a little off early, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He had a few throws that he'd want back. Yeah. Um, I think that's to be expected. You know, he's doing some stuff that he hadn't done a lot of, and and. Not just, you know, back to the line of scrimmage and that sort of thing, but even, you know, you get off the bus throwing, and in this offense, you're not. And, you know, you hear so much from quarterbacks and offenses in general and about guys getting in a rhythm, especially when there's these, quote-unquote, two quarterback systems, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And that's not to say I don't think Mike Wright and his role in the offense, which is, I think, um, will prove to be a key element to what the offense becomes. Uh, as the season continues, I'm not saying that. I mean, just the importance of rhythm for quarterbacks. And it had to have been, it is completely different from what Will's used to doing. You know, you get the snap, spit the ball out. Now it's, you know, take the snap or get the snap, mm-hmm. turn and hand it off, turn and toss it, stand up and, and maybe throw it out there. Whereas before it was get the ball and spit it out somewhere. Uh, that's different. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was, I feel like that had to have had a little bit of an impact on him and, and how he was addressing the game. And, you know, he didn't push the ball downfield successfully a ton. I, I mean, you know, I think we had two passes of 20-plus yards That's right. you know, going into the fourth, something like that. And um, It wasn't like there weren't other opportunities. and We missed one early. And um, uh, I felt like, though, that, you know, the Mike Wright, you know, run element at quarterback is a good one. Um, you know, all the pre-snap motion – to be able to leverage that, uh, I think will come in handy. And um, you know, heck, I mean, even on that touchdown throw to the to the freshman, the Woodmore kid, you know, they they rocket motion him through the backfield and they they go heavy play action counter, and uh, it wins every player in that secondary's eyes. They busted. They yeah. you know, they got one guy playing man, everybody else playing zone, but the right. you know, they wins all their eyes and. Um, I don't care if they were on the they were signed or not. If you were looking at that offensive backfield, you're thinking, here comes a handoff. And next thing you know, Whittemore's bending it up the sideline for a touchdown. So um, all that was fun to watch. It was just and it was fun to see him execute it. And I think the defense, you know, you, you missed the Forbes kid. You didn't miss it necessarily in this game. Um, but, yeah. you know, my goodness, you know, the linebacking crew is – is legit. I mean, this is they're as good as you're going to find. Those guys can run and they're big. You can't find me a pair that's bigger and that can move like the two that State has. Matt Stinchcomb on your radio right now, ESPN slash SEC Network Analyst. Uh, we're talking about that game. So, offensive line, you know, slow start for them. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you rack up 300 yards rushing minus taking two knees at the end. It brought you back to 298. But what were your takeaways in terms of how that offensive line group played? Yeah, I mean, they, they had some good snaps. There was a couple of, you know, hey, this is new 
type snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, guys that I don't know if it's, if it's a strain thing because um, this is a little bit different. You know, they're looking to be downhill more, and um, you know, it's less in a, in a heavy zone schemes, um, and even really the way they were before. You know, you almost blocked the front, uh, at least the down line by alignment their splits were so huge mm-hmm. um that it puts you on an island sure but if you just kind of tied them up then the, the hole's already there just because you know you split them out so far they got a line on you and so because of that this is different you know you're you're working with an adjacent lineman uh, and and incidentally the lineman is actually adjacent to you whereas you know before you know there was a lineman next to you if you were at guard you had you had a, a teammate lined up next to you but yeah. he wasn't all together close i mean he right. was in the same area code but <laughs> you know you it wasn't easy to reach out and touch someone type deal where it's like hey i mean i hope it works out for you i'm, I'm gonna be over here trying to make it work out for me <laughs> now these guys you know they got to work in concert with one another that's not easy and um you know southeastern didn't make it easy you know that's a pretty salty bunch they've got a couple of nice linebackers on their side so um you know, it was it was up and down, but I was encouraged. I will say, um, there wasn't, there definitely wasn't a lack of want to. There was a lack of finish at times, and I, I don't know that we worked well together every time. But it's so new that that's to be expected. Really interesting stuff. Matt Stenchcomb, uh, former offensive lineman at Georgia, first round draft pick, played a bunch of years in the NFL, now analyst on ESPN and SEC Network on your radio uh, right now. Somebody asked this question earlier, and I'll just pose it word for word to you, Matt, and see how you handle it. Uh, They texted in and said, how long should it take an offensive line to gel together? How would you handle that question? Well, you know, in general, um, it depends on the the guys and who's trying to gel with who and, you know, where they came from. So, you know, in the NFL, you'll see a guy might come from a heavy zone run scheme and, you know, he might be forced into service or maybe they think he'll fit into a, a more pro style, you know, uh, gap scheme, play action, pulling guys, pinning and blocking down and all that stuff as opposed to everybody stepping with the same foot in the same direction in his own scheme. Yeah, that might take a while. Um, so there's, there's a lot of – it's a chemistry experiment big time. That offensive line room, uh, the, the closest thing to it is the defensive secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, where you have to have as many moving parts working together for it to work. And, you know, if one guy blows it, then we all might as well have blown it. Um, so that's tricky. And then you sprinkle in, even for the continuity uh, that is there, hey, and we're going to be doing things differently. You know, we're going to be pulling across the ball. You know, yeah. we're going to be blocking down and pulling out. Uh, we're going to be, you know, combination blocking, deuce blocking. And we're going to be working to a backside linebacker. These are the things we're going to do. We haven't done that before. Um, and that takes a little bit of time. And, and that makes sense for it to take a little bit of time. Uh, and to come from a system that, you know, I'm not meaning to impugn the air raid by any stretch, but it is separate and apart from most um, in its approach. And so not only will you not run blocking uh, a heavy amount of time, but it's how you're going about doing it um, was was distinct from how most other systems go about doing it. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it's like learning a new language. And it's, you know, to expect five different people to pick up a new language at the same rate 
it's kind of crazy. Like, you know, we're all, you know, most of us, you know, I can, you and I were in the press box. We can walk and talk, but we didn't walk and talk at the same time growing up. You probably walked and talked earlier, and I was, you know, babbling and crawling around on the floor still. Who knows? <laughs> we pick it up at different rates, mm-hmm. and we're asking five people to try to get on the same page and do it at the same level, hopefully a high level, and that takes time. And there's really no, there's nothing that really approximates that, uh, really, in sports. Um, where you're asking that many people to get on the same page for it to work. Really good stuff. Matt, uh, it's, it's great to talk with you. It's, it's really some neat insight on that offensive line play. And, and um, got about a minute left here. Time goes by quickly. Um, what stadium you going to see? What team you going to see this weekend? Well, I'll see Sanford Stadium. So it's like a home game for me, about an hour go. down the road. And uh, I'll see the dogs taking on Ball State. I will say Ball State's fun to watch now. They, uh, they, they're they creative on offense. They gave Kentucky – Kentucky caught a few breaks in that game. They could have easily flopped the other direction. Yeah. Um, turnovers really hurt Ball State. But um, So we'll see them. We'll see, you know, who takes a big step forward um, and what improvements were made in, in week two. Awesome. Hey, Matt, on short notice, I really do appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Brother, I always enjoy it, Matty. Yeah. See you soon, man. All right. See you soon. Thank you. Hope you all enjoyed that. That's Matt Stinchcomb, former Georgia offensive lineman, first-round draft pick, great analyst. Called the game last week in Starkville. He'll call the other Bulldogs this weekend. Rolling along in Hour 2 in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, here we go. We just got to keep on rolling here. Hour two, we're getting closer and closer to game day. Of course, uh, big games this weekend in college football. Tonight, you got JUCO football around the state of Mississippi. I got some tweets about that. Who was it uh, that was pointed out to me? It was, ooh, Colin's hosting Scuba. Colin is hosting East Mississippi Community College tonight. Uh, so you got other JUCO games. I only saw one high school game on the schedule here for Thursday night. Uh, I see one college game, FBS anyway. You get Louisville and Murray State. That's an ACC network deal. Uh, tonight, but of course the NFL season kicking off. Chiefs and Lions, defending champs, Kansas City playing without Chris Jones, and you know so the holdout for him is a big part of the story and all that. We get closer and closer to Week Two of college football, and I got a little catching up to do. <clears throat> Hope y'all enjoy that conversation, sort of impromptu with Matt Stinchcomb of uh, the SEC Network. He called State's game. I enjoyed his comments about the offensive line. I you know. Anybody you talk to that played it, talk to Eric Allen, who was our All-SEC center on the 98 team. Talk to Matt. Of course, called the game, played it. Um, you listen to others that have played you know, on the offensive line, and they all pretty much admit it's kind of like learning a new language, and it just takes a little time. You don't know when it gels, when it comes together. You know, I think the no-excuse approach is, you know, you can go out there week one and say that we got some kinks to work out, but after that you got to be ready to go. 
it's easier to say it. It's a much harder to actually make sure that's the case. All right, your comments and otherwise coming up. Let's head over to the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage. Nine, let's see, 885-3776. Got it? 885-3776. Uh, only 35-year-old Ed texted the show earlier. He didn't like either band, Alabama or Texas, and said, give us a sonic boom. All right? You got it. Here you go. Little boom for you. Um, Patrick, when he texted earlier, he was listening to Texas's band. He said, Texas sounds like I've been working on a railroad. Texas is garbage. <laughs> Hated it. We got several of those people more in favor of Alabama's band. Nothing compares to the boom, though, really and truly, at any level. Uh, Bulldog Wes texts the show. He said, hey, Matt, Hale State, brother, so I know we shouldn't really pay attention to preseason rankings, but I have a question. When was the last time Mississippi State actually finished last in the West? I can't remember. Maybe the Kroom, <laughs> Kroomazoom era? I don't know. It's been a long time since they actually finished last. Somebody looked it up. Big finish coming up. Enjoy it. Go down to windows. If that doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. Rebel Rex told us that in 1907, 1907, Sewanee scored 54 points in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> After his 41-17 prediction. We're going to see about that. He may be laughing at all us when it's all over with. You never know. You just never know. Um, Micah in Batesville says, does this show support the Mississippi State Bulldog Initiative? I might have to find a new station. If not, ha ha. <laughs> and he says, you do amazing work, Matt. Keep it up. Well, Micah, I appreciate that very much. Hope all is well in Batesville. The great city of Batesville, right there in the heart of Panola County, right there on I-55. You got South Panola High School. You got North Panola High School. Just right on the edge of the Delta where North Delta High School is. We got schools all over the place over there. I like Batesville. Yeah, um, you say support it. I mean, I do. I, the, way I, the way I look at it is this. Um, what choice does any school in America have right now? Like, you don't have any choice. And it's kind of like I've said before, saying, you know, I said this back in the summer. If someone goes, I'm anti-NIL, well, it's kind of like saying I'm anti-thunderstorms. I'm, I'm against them. I'm against all thunderstorms and lightning. I'm against it. I'm anti. <laughs> I'm anti-lightning. You can say it. Like, what are you going to do about it? The only thing you can do is respect it, right? That's your only choice. And, you know, especially if you are someone at a university. So Mississippi State's no different. If you're, you know, the athletics director or you're a coach of a program, you have no choice. But, you know, you're you put in a position where you have no choice but to embrace 
anything that's going on and there's no point in resisting it. You, you just, you got to do it. Now, I still think everybody can tell the truth about it. Um, and you know, and whether it's one collective or another, we all know what it is. I mean, you're piling up money. You gotta, you gotta pay them to come play for you. You gotta pay your roster to come play and to stay. And that's what it is. It's all about recruiting and getting them to come and getting people out of the portal and all that kind of stuff. You know, some of it, like there's a few cases out there where it's marketing, but most of it isn't. But what choice does anybody have at this point? You know, so, and I will say this too, you know, from Mississippi State's perspective, specifically State, everybody that roots for State, you, you owe Charlie Winfield a big thank you. You got to shake his hand and hug him and, you know, and I guess if you can't give him money, I wash his car for him or something because State is really fortunate to have Charlie where he was and, and doing what he's doing. And so to people who have money and have enough of it to say that they have some extra that they can throw towards that at whatever school of choice, the more power to them. And there's a whole lot of people out there who don't have any extra money to be throwing at that. And that's just the reality of it. And the reality is some places have more, right? So – it's kind of like Major League Baseball. You know, you want to – there are some places you're going to have to figure out how, how to get into the World Series even though you don't have the budget of the Yankees. you still got to figure out how to get there. Figure out a way. Louvier texts the show, and he says, Texas should adopt, quote, right place, wrong time by Dr. John as their fight song this week. <laughs> right place at the wrong time, yeah. Good one, Louvier. That's a yes. It might be the theme for him. It might be at the right place, but at the wrong time. We'll see about that. Coffee Norman texts the show. What's up? Speaking of, thank you very much. That was a sip of High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Go to highpointroasters.com. You know, New Albany is a happening place, isn't it? If you've not been to downtown New Albany, and I live probably, what, 20 miles from there, 15, 20 miles from there. But, man, it's a neat little downtown area. They do some cool stuff, and you got the Tanglefoot Trail that is the trailhead right there in downtown New Albany, and then it goes for 40-some-odd miles or whatever. Um, Murray West, the premier contract embroidery custom apparel place in the state of Mississippi is in New Albany. And the best coffee you can find in the state of Mississippi, and really as far as I'm concerned elsewhere, is being roasted right there in New Albany, in the heart of Union County. Go to highpointroasters.com. Ah, thank you. <laughs> is that good radio? <laughs> Long time ago, somebody said, Matt, never eat or drink on the radio. All right, I'm one for two. <laughs> one for two. Uh, Coffee Norman Texas show and he says, Matt, you are the former quarterback and not me, but does it seem at times that Will Rogers holds the ball too long? And said, it seems that in extra that in that extra weight of half a second to a second, sometimes he loses his wide receiver who was open. I know on some plays it's designed to wait some, but it sure seems slow to decide where to go with it. No, Norman, I would say for me that is not. That has not been an observation of mine. I would tell you if if I had been watching him play, you know, and 
and felt like that was some sort of sore spot. I just don't feel that way. And in fact, um, I, I feel like it, we would watch film, whether it was this past Saturday and he threw it 29 times, or a game from last year when he threw it 29 times in the air raid. I feel like if we watch the film, I would probably point out that he, Will, is one of the guys that actually is getting it out on time as much or more so than anybody else. It's just, you know, like the air raid was a little different, and you would see so many three-man rush, and that was sort of the one of the base things of, a, of an air raid offense, that routes, when they only rushed three and dropped eight, routes were designed to get to certain places with time because you only had a three-man rush. And then, you know, an example, we're talking about on time. Uh, Norman, think about, let me see, let me give you an example. Um, Saturday, it was the first third down of the game. Okay, so the first possession of the game for State, they didn't convert this throw. It was a throw and a miss. But in terms of getting it out on time, it was a play where because of the defense, Will had to stick his back foot in the ground and just throw off of it. There was no setting up and no hitch. He had to throw off of it, and it actually was a really quick throw. Now, the ball jumped on him a little bit, and the receiver didn't actually find the ball and was able to go after it. It wasn't that bad of a throw. But the timing was right from a quarterback perspective. If anybody was off right there, I thought it was actually the receiver was a little late getting his head around. So, me to you, I'm just telling you, I don't, I don't for a guy who is not an escape and run guy, I, I, I don't see Will as someone who has an issue with holding on to it too long. I think he's pretty good at that stuff. Processing it in time for the most part. Stick around. All right, back with you. I'm Matt. We got a little time left here today on this Thursday. The folks that are watching the uh, live stream just got a heaping helping of hamburger helper retro 1980s commercial on the live stream. Hamburger helper. I think we talked about that one day. Y'all remember hamburger helper? I'm gonna be honest with you. I liked it a lot. Now, all the ingredients came in a box. Most of it powdered, except for the noodles. All you had to do was brown the hamburger meat, throw it in there, and mix it up, and eat it. It was pretty good. Whatever happened to stuff like that? Why did I stop eating stuff like that? I, I mean, I don't really know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, on the Murray West live thread, go to murraywest.com, by the way. Check them out. Murray West, it's M-U-R-R-Y, murraywest.com. Contract embroidery. Right here in Mississippi, Custom Apparel, company that started in 1996. They've grown, got bigger, better. They are incredible, the stuff that they do. It is first-class quality. It's the best. And if you have any sort of custom apparel need, you need a logo on shirts for your company, for your business, your brand, your church, your radio station, or your, whatever it is, you need, you need embroidered shirts, hats, you know, promotional items, anything like that. Just trust me. Go there first. It's murraywest.com. I'm already wearing a bunch of stuff from there. On the Murray West live stream on Facebook, Ginger said, What's up, Matt? 
I'm ready for the game this weekend. Hail State from Hernando in the heart of DeSoto County in northwest Mississippi. Will threw a big shout-out and a thank you to Charlie Winfield also <laughs> on the Murray West live thread. Sven said 99% of all NCAA schools would go crazy to have a quarterback room like Mississippi State with a gunslinger who is accurate and a veteran as backup who can run and throw it a bit as well. And I, I agree with that. You know, it's a good situation. You keep them both healthy. And I think certainly keeping Will healthy throughout the years is, is very important. Uh, very important. <laughs> Jason in Flagstaff said, I truly hate how people nitpick Will Rogers. He did exactly what Leach and the offense dictated versus the defense. Um, not going vertical, whether it was there or not, against 8DB is exactly why he got and kept the job, period, end of story. Jason, you're exactly right. You're 100% right. You know, and people watch the game last week and they go, well, he, he didn't throw it downfield. Well, the offense called to throw it downfield twice. Okay, and he hit one for a touchdown and he missed the other one by about a yard. <laughs> I mean, and you know, sure he would love to hit them both, but they tried it twice in the game, you know, so that's it. I, I watch him and I see a guy who runs the offense and, you know, looking at it from the perspective of a coach, if I've got a guy who can make any throw, who's reading stuff on time, who's processing stuff in time and on time, who is not turning it over, who is a leader, <laughs> And, can, and certainly a guy who is comfortable within the parameters of the play clock calling the offense at the line of scrimmage and is free to do that, then you got something, man. You, you can figure the rest of it out. So, just a thought there. Hey, well, let me read a couple more real quick. Let me read a couple more, and then I got a nugget for you here. Uh, White Denzel Texas show and says, with the NFL starting tonight, Let's get the obvious out of the way. And Louvier, I hate to tell you, but he's already texted me this. It is a Photoshop of a New Orleans Saints football player Photoshop with the crying Jordan face on it. And it says, New Orleans Saints uh, eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> I look, I mean, I'm just reading it. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just reading it. Uh, Res Dog Texas Show and says, I like Will. But he's not a gunslinger. He's a little too conservative, though. That's from Res Dog on the Country Please and Texas. So what you're saying is you would like take a few more risks, even if it ends up in a pick or two. But here's what I would say about that, Res Dog. As a guy who threw plenty of interceptions when he played a million years ago, let me just tell you, I don't buy it when I hear people say, fan bases say, Oh, I'd be fine with a couple more picks every now and then if he'd just take a chance. No, you wouldn't. You'd be hollering, fire him louder. Trust me. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I've seen this before. I know how this goes. So don't tell me, like, if that's the argument, if it's we would take more, I would like to see more risks and taking chances downfield, be less conservative, and if the result is a few more turnovers, okay, we'll live with it. No, you wouldn't. You'd be you'd be throwing bricks through the window. <laughs> I mean, so that, you know, when I see, look, when I see conservative, if we're labeling somebody conservative who goes 20 for 29 for two touchdowns and no picks, 
and what is it, 250, 260, whatever he throws for in a game that some other guys took some snaps? Look, man, if that's conservative, okay, just be conservative and go win. That's what I would say about it. All right. Here's a funsy for you. Been a while. On this day, September the 7th, 1979, something called the Entertainment and Sports Programming Network made its debut on cable on this day in 79. Entertainment Sports Programming Network shortened to ESPN. If you're a fan, if you're a fan, what you'll see in the next minutes, hours, and days to follow may convince you you've gone to sports heaven. All right, this is the first. This is when they came on the air and made their debut on television, ESPN, in 1979. Listen up to it. Beyond that blue horizon is a limitless world of sports, and right now you're standing on the edge of tomorrow. Sports, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with ESPN, the Total Sports Cable Network. This is the original ESPN jingle. It's straight off like public television after school. <laughs> I mean, is that not right? It is so true. Will just said on the Murray West live thread, he's on YouTube, he said, ha, 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 this is so 70s. Is it not? I mean, it sounded just like some of the stuff that would come on public television after school programs, you know, <laughs> when I was a kid uh, in the 80s. Larry says, how much is ESPN paying you for that plug? Not a dime. I saw it on this. Same thing. Hey, here you go, Larry. I saw it on the same uh, deal that I get that included this one. That I'm about to play for you. Okay, so that was 1979, all right? Eight years earlier, on this day, you ain't going to believe this one. On this day, January, I'm sorry, January, September 7th, 1971, seen for the final time on CBS was this show. Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food. And up through the ground come a bubbling crude. Listen. This ended eight years later ESPN started. Well, the first thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. The kinfolk Sing said, Jed, everybody. move away from there. Said, California is the place you ought to be. So they loaded up the truck and they moved to Beverly. Hills, Hills, that, that is. is. Swimming pools. Movie, movie stars. The Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> Those two, one ended and the other one started in the same decade. How about that? All in the 70s. That's yes, right, the Beverly Hillbillies. Thought I'd pass that one along. Now, I guess you would have to be of a certain age to be able to sing along with that song. 
I was thinking about that a minute ago. Uh, hey, Beaver, do you did you watch any of the Beverly Hillbillies growing up, coming up? Yeah, obviously they were reruns at that point, but yes, I did. And am I remembering right? Was were the reruns on TBS? Yes, that mostly. Always showed them. Uh huh. Mostly. Uh, TBS was such a wonderful station. I know it. I mean, what if we looked back on here that they always replayed? You had Beverly Hillbillies. You had Saved by the Bell. Mm hmm. The afternoons. You had um, it, you had um. Oh, what am I trying to say? Uh, and the Andy Griffith Show, okay, all the westerns too that they would show, you know, western movies after Braves games because they didn't know when a Braves game was going to finish, so they just queue up them. And that's why, like Skip Carey, after every Braves game, at the end of it, he'd go, uh, "As soon as we make this third out, you got the uh, Magnificent Seven on deck." <laughs> you know, it was a great station. And you had your Saturday night wrestling. Wrestling on Saturday night. Man, B's got a great memory, too. Now, this is cool. Larry says that his uncle got a kiss from Donna Douglas while she was on a USO tour in Vietnam. Donna played Ellie Mae Clampett on the Beverly Hillbillies. What a cool thing, Larry. Thanks for sharing that. That'll wrap it up for today. I'm Matt in the Bureau, Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See you all tomorrow, same time, same place, and we'll wrap up the week. See you then. See you.